0: Praying that you'll be really blessed and that God will speak into your heart as we take this journey together. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep updated with the very latest Sauntering podcasts. Good morning, Sauntering Buddies. Here we go. Sauntering again. Woohoo! Monday morning. Ah, Lord Jesus we love you and we welcome you into our hearts and our homes and our lives today whatever lies before us Lord we want to go through this day with you we want to be filled with your spirit and Lord as we look at your word speak to us in Jesus name amen good morning Pete I hope you are well on the way to recovery sorry to hear about all your injuries um so here we go Genesis 48 And we have um, a very aged um, Jacob who's moved to Egypt. And now this is the kind of final little episode of his life, really. Good morning, Fran. So uh, it says, uh, 48 verse 1, it says, After this, Joseph was told, Behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and it was told to Joseph, your son sorry to Jacob, your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed, and Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and blessed me, and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful." And multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples, and I will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. So Jacob starts this little encounter with Joseph and his sons with a with a little story of his own encounter with with God on the way to when he was running away from his brother and he tells the story and he sets the context and he says, listen, God himself appeared to me at Luz. This is God almighty. El Shaddai appeared to me and he promised, he blessed me and he said, I'm going to make you fruitful and multiply you. And I'm going to make you into a company of people who will occupy this land? Good morning, Paul, and good morning, Mary and Fliss. And so he's saying, Listen, son, this is the context from which I'm speaking. This is the context from which I am going to bless you. This is I'm I'm a person who God has personally encountered and personally blessed. And he also makes reference again to the promised land there in Canaan. And he says, you know, God promised to give me this land. Right, here we go. So he's now in Egypt. He's a temporary resident living in Egypt. He's being treated extremely well. Good morning, Joyce. He's um, a guest of Pharaoh. And they're living, occupying in this beautiful part of Egypt, the best part of the land. they've got all their animals with them. And he's kind of come to a place of rest from all of his kind of journeying. And now he says, and now your two sons, verse five, who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children you fathered after them shall be yours. And they shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came to Padam to my sorrow, Rachel died. That's Joseph's mum. Um, in the land of Canaan on the way and well while when there was some distance still to go to Ephrath and I buried her there on the way to Ephrath that is Bethlehem and so he's saying right listen Joseph you've got these two sons that were born to you in Egypt I am claiming them as mine they're going to be named among Reuben and Simeon and Judah as my sons in fact when we hear of the 12 tribes of um israel we don't hear of the tribe of joseph we hear of ephraim and manasseh and so these tribes are numbered among so the two sons now um jacob is saying i'm claiming them as mine they're going to be known as the sons of israel and in a in a quite a kind of interesting patriarchal kind of way good morning jonathan um i think jake what jacob's doing he's saying joseph this time that you have spent in Egypt as a slave, as, a, as someone else's property, really, and with, without all of your connection to your brothers and that context of God's covenant and promise that I would have loved you to have lived in for those years. Good morning, George. He's saying, listen, I am going to redeem the time of your captivity I'm going to name your sons born in captivity as my sons. Now, I think there's a lot for us to think about there. And there are some some promises in Isaiah where God says, you know, you're going to look around and you're going to say, oh, these are the children born to me in captivity. And and there's something about God redeeming. And I believe that there's something quite powerful that can be said about God redeeming those children. Times where we feel like we've been restricted and we've been shut down and we've been locked away and unable to really be all that God's called us to be, and yet we know that we're children of promise. And God says, Do you know what I'm gonna to restore to you the years, the locusts of eaten, the things that were stolen from you? I'm going to redeem them and make them count, and I'm gonna weave all of this into the story. And so Ephraim. Ephraim, I don't know how you pronounce Ephraim and Manasseh are woven into the story of covenant because Jacob is operating as a patriarch and he's using that power of blessing and he's saying, you know what? I'm gonna bless these two boys. I'm not you know what would have come to you, Joseph, I'm gonna put on to these two now. And I'm making a clear kind of prophetic statement. Now it's interesting um, as it progresses what sorry I won't comment just yet but he mentions Rachel dying that's Joseph's mum and how sad that was for him and they buried her at Ephrath that is Bethlehem well of course Bethlehem becomes central stage as the story unfolds and we learn about David And we learn about Jesus and we discover that Bethlehem is like a kind of key place. And that's where Joseph's mum was buried. Bethlehem means house of bread. And it's only (laughs) so linked, isn't it? Joseph and Jesus are so similar in lots and lots of ways. And Jesus came from the house of bread. He's the bread of life. Joseph is, is really the bread and the sustainer of the nation of Israel. Um, in a time of famine and has got lots and lots and lots of little nuances of of kind of meaning and significance prophetically verse eight when Israel saw Joseph's sons he said who are these now he knows who they are he's just kind of like the granddad thing oh who've we got here then kind of thing he knows Joseph's bringing his two sons and Joseph said to his father these are my sons whom God has given me here And he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now, remember who this is. This is Jacob, the guy who was so, who who so valued the father's blessing, his own father, that he schemed and deceived in order to get this blessing. And he, he kind of, this is the man now who is the one dispensing the blessing and he, of all people who have ever lived, understood the value of blessing. And he understands the significance of this moment. And he's fully present, although his he's similar to his own dad at this stage of his life in that his eyesight has grown dim. He, this guy, Jacob, is 100% present. He knows exactly what's going on. And he's in complete charge of this situation. So it says, verse 10, now the eyes of Israel were dim with age that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel, this is a beautiful, beautiful moment, isn't it? The old granddad there looking at these two boys who had been born. Good morning, Andrew Cannon. Good to see you. Good morning and pat and mike and so he's like he knows fully who they are but it's like this time has passed and he's heard about these boys from joseph and now they're being presented to him and the old granddad is just like oh it must have been such a teary beautiful moment and and uh, so then joseph brings them near he kissed them and embraces them and israel said to joseph i never expected to see your face and behold God has let me see your offspring also. Can you imagine the sheer joy? You thought that son was dead. You thought you were never gonna see him again. Your beloved son who you know you spoil and you you kind of favoured perhaps wrongly. But now I'm sure as Joseph's Joseph's there with his two sons and Jacob's remembering all their history, I'm sure he's thinking, do you know what? I always knew you were special. They hated me for it. But I'm sure that's in his heart. I'm sure he's thinking, yeah, joseph i knew you had destiny i knew i didn't make it up i knew you were special and here he is and now he's not just got the joy of seeing joseph but he's got the joy of seeing these two boys and they would have looked like joseph wouldn't they and they would have been stood there these two young lads awesome moment he says but god has let me see your offspring also then joseph removed them from his knees so they're young boys they're sitting on his knees and he bowed himself with his face to the ground and i think this this just again speaks massive volumes about joseph although he was that cocky teenager everyone hated he's become mellowed and molded by the spirit of god and by the difficulties of his life and as he's there before his ancient old dad he's humbled in this moment he knows his dad has authority he knows his dad is a patriarch he knows his dad is is someone who's met god who's wrestled with god who i wonder how much time they got to share these stories cuz obviously joseph uh yeah oh man anyway so and he he bows himself to the ground he's humbled before his father and i love that respect and just honoring going on there and do you know what i just so value that and i really hope that we can as god's people can express that honor to the aged and to bless the spiritual fathers and mothers among us and and to humble ourselves before them and to receive what they can give us and impart to us and we just had a little fun soiree last night and we just said guys just bless us before you go and uh it's just so good when the old um the when when the younger generation acknowledge and honor the older generation right let's move on otherwise i'll be waffling and joseph took them both ephraim in his right hand towards israel's left hand manasseh in his left hand towards israel's right hand and brought them near him and israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim who was the younger and his left hand on the head of Manasseh crossing his hands for Manasseh was the firstborn and he so right so Joseph took them both Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left Israel's left hand and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand and he brought them near him right now in this moment Israel crosses his hands over Jacob crosses his hands over and puts it on the wrong heads or at least so it seems to Joseph and crossing his hands for Manasseh was the firstborn and he blessed Joseph and said the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day now this is really important because what Jacob's doing is he's passing on theology. He's passing on revelation of God and the nature of God to his son and to these boys. Right? Jacob Joseph's been in Egypt a long time. He's saying and what what Jacob is carefully and intentionally doing is recalibrating, helping Joseph recalibrate his watch, he get his kind of bearing set again on this God reaffirming his identity he says the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked this is the God this is the God who's blessing you right now the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day all through Jacob's twisting and turning and journeying and sojourning and all this kind of stuff he said God has been a shepherd to me well of course David doesn't he the others, Isaac." Sorry, Jacob was a shepherd himself. He, it was a perfect metaphor for him. As he looked back over his life, he could see how God had led him, protected him, watched over him through the night, met with him in the night. And and he's like, he says, God has been my shepherd. He shepherded me all these years. And the angel, now this is not just an angel. This is the angel of the Lord he's referring to. The angel who has redeemed me from all evil bless the boys and in them let my name be carried on and the name of my fathers abraham and isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth so cool so he is fair and square bringing these boys these two young lads into that glorious line of covenantal promise and blessing and favor and placing them really not as Egyptian boys but as Hebrew boys in the land of Canaan he's saying your your inheritance is going to be among Joseph's brothers you're going to be considered a tribe Ephraim and Manasseh and When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him and he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. So he is fully there. He knows exactly what he's doing and he's in that prophetic moment when he understands something and there's an order that God has established and he has to just go with that because he's in the spirit on that day and he it's like he's overruling the wishes of his son and following the guidance of the Holy Spirit and there are sometimes. When God wants to say something to one person, he doesn't want to say it to everybody. It's not a general word. And it seems like, hold on, a minute, how come they got that word? And how come I didn't? And how come God seemed how ah, oh, you know, God's been not fair, or this prophet is not being, you know, and that but there's this sense that God wants to speak directly and he has a different destiny for each of these two boys, and their lives will follow a different trajectory and um jacob the old patriarch understands that is making this incredible prophetic statement over these boys now it's interesting i've said before prophesying is different to blessing blessing is different to praying they're all three different things they're all activities of the spirit they're all activities the holy spirit loves to get involved in but there's something about blessing which has creative power and as the man or woman of God releases that word of blessing, it's their own creative heart mixed in with the power of the Holy Spirit and the unction of the Holy Spirit. And God is speaking and he's using the authority of that human being to speak something into being that didn't exist before. You remember that God calls things that are not as if they are. Wow. Woo-hoo! <laughs> And so he's saying, right, these guys are going to grow into a great multitude. Joseph gets upset and he says, Joseph said to his father, not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know, my son, I know he shall become a great people. He shall also become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he. And his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, by Israel, you will pronounce blessings, saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Then he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Um, sorry. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. And so in the history, as we read on through, we discover that sometimes God even speaks to the northern tribes of Israel um as Manasseh uh, sorry as Ephraim and in Isaiah sometimes he addresses them actually specifically as Ephraim and it's really interesting that this this tribe this son of Joseph became one of the most powerful tribes um, of the nation of Israel and so then Israel said to Joseph behold I'm about to die but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you, rather than to your brothers, one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and my bow. Now, I think I said earlier in this um, saunter through Genesis that Jacob was a farmer, he wasn't a warrior, and yet here we have evidence to the contrary. It seems that yes, he did do a bit of warfare in his time and he was not too bad with the sword and the bow and had actually occupied some land belonging to the amorites and he specifically bequeathed that to his to his son joseph or at least the descendants of joseph and but i love this statement he says behold he said look i'm about to die but god will be with you what a glorious statement what a glorious statement from an elderly gentleman who's about to depart from this life his work on this earth is done and now he's imparting this hope and this faith and this conviction that he's lived with all of his life that god is with him and he's now imparting that to joseph i mean goodness me the evidence of God being with Joseph is literally all around them. The very fact that they're sitting in the middle of Egypt in the best part of the country enjoying provision is evidence that God is with Joseph. But there's this statement of faith coming again from the old guy. Listen, son, you're on track. God is with you and God will bring you again to the land of your fathers. And and again, we have that sense that This word is going to stretch forward for 400 years and it's not going to die. This God, uh, Jeremiah says, God watches over his word to perform it. He's when God speaks a word, it's not to kind of make everything sound pretty or to give people false hope. What God says will come to pass. And God is making this clear prophetic statement to Joseph. You will come again to the land of your father's because God is with you. Isn't that amazing? What a glorious story. So think of all the words God has spoken over you, every promise that's been spoken over your life. Think about blessing your own kids. Think about lining them up and putting your hands on them with your husband or wife and just saying, I bless you, dear, blah, 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 in the name of Yahweh in the name of Jesus I bless you and begin to just let your let the spirit take hold of you and bless that stuff into those kids let them hear those words of blessing coming out of your mouth good morning Miriam great to see you happy new year so that's me for today God bless you have an amazing day and see you again tomorrow take care (music) I am super excited to be able to recommend to you my book, The Christing. It's a whole adventure of digging deep into the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, exploring stories that may be familiar to us, but just seeing how the power and the beautiful, rich treasure of the Holy Spirit is there on every single page. And my desire as I share my own stories is that we would get caught up in that adventure together of a life pursuing the supernatural God where anything becomes possible when we're full of his Holy Spirit. And so my prayer for you as you read this book is that you'll get excited to embark on your own voyage of discovery with him. But more than anything else, that you would fall more in love with Jesus. So please, if you have not got a copy, do buy one. You can get it online on all the major um, online bookstores, including Amazon, and Eden and others. You can buy it from Christian bookshops. Or you can message me and get your own signed copy. There you go. But do like it and review it because that really, really does help. Thank you so much.